This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up this hour, Malaysia's first ever fully crowdfunded movie, Pandatang. So Pandatang premiered last night on YouTube specifically. So it's it's free for everyone to just log on and watch. Uh, it dropped at 9pm and within the first two hours got 20,000 overviews. Um, and as of 5 o'clock today, 5pm today, it's gotten a total of 109,000 views. So that's, that's quite quite a successful premiere, if I may say so. Now, Sharad has watched it already. Um, I have indeed. I have been busy with work and therefore did not have time. Uh, <laughs> kind of a humble Very brag of some sort. I but know. No, actually, I've watched it with a couple of um, our friends. Actually. Did you do the watch party? Yeah, we did it at a pub, believe it or not. And I don't know if that's the best setting for uh, watching a movie. But uh, because I also contributed to the movie as part of that big crowdfunding. You were one of the effort. crowdfunders. Yes, but you know, I, clearly, because I can't exactly remember how much I gave. I think it was like so minuscule that I'm clearly at the bottom rung where the font is tiny. It's all the hundreds of names that come out at the end of the, in the movie credits. So there are a couple of things that are interesting about Pandatang, right? So firstly, it's that model itself, that it was entirely crowdfunded. Um, So essentially, people who believed in the project and thought it would go somewhere um, funded it through Indiegogo. Um, And then uh, the premise, of course, is something that has gotten a lot of attention as well. It revolves around a, um, well, it's set in a fictional um, alternate Malaysia where the people of different ethnicities are not allowed to mingle together. And in this setting, it revolves around a Chinese family who discover a Malay child hiding in their home. So that's the premise from which the story starts. And um, I think there's a lot to talk about. We will be speaking to the people behind the project. But just as a um, taster, really, the crowdfunding was from August to September last year. And uh, there were six tiers of donations that ranged from 44 ringgit to 44,520 ringgit. And they managed to raise uh, just over 400,000 ringgit through this campaign. And then, of course, there's the, the decision to release it on YouTube. Uh, rather than the traditional model of either going through a cinema and a distributor or the more modern dropping it on a streaming platform. So a number of things here that are kind of breaking the mode of how to put out a local film. Yeah, well, I now looking at the the range of money that was donated, I clearly closer to forty four ringgit than I am to forty four thousand five hundred ringgit. I believe so. I believe so. I think the what is also fascinating is if you remember, there was a period or there was a moment in time during the crowdfunding uh, campaign that people thought that it would not reach its target, and I think it created a kind of a wave of enthusiasm or panic or whatever you like uh, among. I think donors and they thought, oh, we really must save this project and help it get through. The question is, you know, will all subsequent projects that go to crowdfunding way get the same kind of enthusiasm? Will there be um, 
there will there be fatigue i mean you know it's one thing to pay 44 ringgit to watch a movie free at some point in time uh, but how often will you do that because movies cost 20 ringgit right well it's an evolving it really is an evolving world and the notion of crowdfunding and putting your money behind a project that you believe in is increasingly something that has become popular because of the internet so i am very curious to hear about the model i am also uh, curious about the other aspect of it because if you know anything about the local film industry is that a lot of movies struggle in terms of content, uh, particularly when we're talking about content like this that can be perhaps a little uh, sensitive or, um, you know, touch on topics that make people uncomfortable. Well, at least make the authorities Make the authorities, authorities uncomfortable, like, I mean, more yes. to, to be more precise, it's always the authorities are far more sensitive than yeah. the general population. So the idea of, you know, releasing it on YouTube um, and perhaps finding a whole different way to get an accessible audience is also quite interesting. So a lot to talk about. We are talking about Pandatang, which premiered yesterday on YouTube. Um, and we will be joined very shortly by Ng Ken Kin, who is the director, as well as Amir Mohammed, one of the producers. But we want to hear from you as well. Do you feel invested in supporting local movies? How do you show your support? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Bring forth Moolah, BFM 89.9. It is 5.14. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Gerard. We're talking about Pandatang, Malaysia's first fully crowdfunded movie. It premiered last night on YouTube and it's already racked up 109,000 views um, as of 5pm today. So um, we are going to be talking about the crowdfunding model, the YouTube release. We want to hear from you. Do you feel invested in supporting local films? How do you show your support? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Joining us now on the line is Ng Ken Kin, who is the director of Pandatang, as well as Amir Muhammad, one of the producers. Ken, Amir, good to have you with us. Ah, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, welcome, Amir, but thank you for joining us. (laughs) So, um, to kick things off, uh, as we said, Pandatang dropped last night. It's already mm. getting um, a lot of buzz going, over 109,000 views. Well, so, what, Amir, tell us, uh, you've been watching and reading those comments, I think over 500 comments now on the YouTube page. Uh, what were you struck by? Um, I was struck by the fact that a few people thought it was set in the past. Uh, <laughs> because some people thought it was set in Zaman British or someone... Uh, or Zaman, uh, you know, communist insurgency time. Uh, and I don't know why they got that impression. So they were they were kind of gleefully pointing out things like, ah, I got handphone, got handphone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that time got no handphone. Uh, yeah, you don't do research. Uh, like <laughs> but I think uh, most of it was very positive. Most of it was very um, you know, supportive. And people seem to be quite invested in the story. And um, because uh, those who have seen the movie will know that it references an incident referred to as 927. And apparently some people, you know, Google to find out, you know, what is this thing that happened in 927? Uh, So, yeah, anything that gets people to Google is good, even though they're Googling something fictional where there won't be any, uh, there won't be any rabbit hole. Ken, um, how about you? Um, how, How have you been, what sort of feedback have you been getting? Uh, so far, the feedback has been really great. I'm really glad that the most audience actually see what the intention of the film is. Um, although in, in the beginning, we were kind of like uh, worried that 
um, because the, the title itself um, in in the beginning actually led to uh, a lot of inquiries. What is this film about? Blah blah blah. But we were confident that once uh, the people watch it, uh, they, they were they were they were know that it's not what they imagined. And I'm really glad that they came through really well. Yeah, clearly um, there's a bit of a twist. You, the, the expectation is set up uh, through the word. It's a bit of a trigger word, isn't it? But I mean, tell us about this world that the movie, in fact, resides in. Uh, without giving away anything, uh, it, you, as you already noted, it's not from the past. It's actually uh, a future that we anticipate. Uh, what drew you to the story, uh, I mean, the screenplay uh, that made you want to back this? Uh, when we first got the script a few years ago, um, what year was it again? Uh, Ken, was it 2021? 2019. 2019, yes, before pandemic. Um, I was just struck by the fact that we cared about all the characters in it. Um, and that is not true of many film scripts. Uh, so that's what kept me you know, turning the pages, that it's something that is Malaysia, but not quite Malaysia. Um and uh, the that element of an alternate reality, I thought, was handled uh, very well. Uh, so we say future, but it could be future as in tomorrow, you know, if something happened few, a few months ago. So so we, we just, it's more like a parallel reality uh, rather than, you know, it's so futuristic, you expect the technology to be entirely different. So I think that's what struck me the most that I, uh, I cared about the characters. I cared about the family uh, and... Um, and the issues, uh, quote unquote, were very relatable. We see them all the time, but it had this twist to it, uh, in the sense of the you know the legislation um, that that pushed it further. I'm walking on eggshells because I don't want spoilers. Um, <laughs> but Ken, talk to us about your approach to bringing the story to life. What did you want people to take away from it? Um. That the notion of uh, these uh, racial differences uh, are really only skin deep. Uh, that deep down we are all just merely humans. I think that is the ultimate uh, takeaway I would like people to have. Uh, can I just kind of ask you, without, again, without uh, going down the route of uh, uh, having spoilers, but the fact that it's set essentially as a story in, in a Chinese community, did that make it easier to explore... Uh, the kind of larger questions that you want to explore, or, or was it um, is was it more difficult? Because it essentially, is a story of how, how Chinese people taking up different positions relate to each other over this um, in this new landscape. Yeah, um, Boon Siang, our writer, actually told me that when he first wrote the script, uh, he was writing about a Malay family. And then he sort of like uh, changed to a Chinese family to make it more uh, appropriate. Uh, so and and therefore I, I could see where he was uh, coming from. And I also take this opportunity to to, to really uh, it's, it's exactly like like a typical Chinese point of view. What happened if a typical Chinese family were to put into this uh, particular situation, this particular world where you, you don't really have control over many things. But somehow you are the one who actually like uh, voted yes in the first place. So it's like a very big dilemma. 
Mm. Now, Amir, one of the main points of interest about pendatang is that it's this the, this thing that uh, is in all the headlines, right? The first fully crowdfunded film in Malaysia, the fact wow. that it managed to raise over 400,000 ringgit. Um, what made you decide to go down the crowdfunding route for this? Uh, because I don't have uh, Tonda M's phone number. So <laughs> <laughs> I had promised a reference. So there it is. <laughs> um because I thought that this is the kind of film that will be hard to get commercial funding uh, because it will be seen as, you know, too political, uh, too risky. And um, and a lot of the news articles said we're doing this to run away from the censorship board. Uh, that is not entirely true. Uh, there is some small element of that because uh, we the, our censorship board is quite uh, unpredictable. So, But we never claim that, oh, this movie will definitely get banned. Uh, will get you know so it's because it's not for us to say what the censors would say. So for us, what was more important was if we brought this as a crowdfunding project, uh, our promise to all the crowdfunders would be we would make this movie available for free. We would not make money from it because it would not be fair to ask so many people to give us money and then we make a profit from it uh, because we don't want to treat them as investors. Uh, they are more like backers. So they 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 are funding something they want to see rather than they are, they are investing in us as a business. So I think that's very important if you have a 100% crowdfunded project. Maybe some people would disagree with me, uh, but since we were the first to attempt this, um, our logic is that if it's entirely, you know, crowdsourced uh, from as low as $10 US to as high as 10000 US, uh, then we we make it available to everybody. Uh, like anybody with an internet access can watch it. So the censorship issue was just like a, a minor consideration for that. It wasn't the main thing. Okay, but that said, the past year also has seen a number of local movies facing restrictions or outright bans when it comes to releasing in cinemas or even on streaming platforms. And I'm curious about this idea of gatekeeping, right? Because how does your model, essentially going straight to a free-to-watch platform like YouTube, how does this model change the way filmmakers can operate? Ah, it's interesting you ask about gatekeeping because... Um, some of the comments we've received from very well-meaning people uh, will say that, oh, it's such a shame you didn't put it on Netflix. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention Netflix because it's like a product. Um, which is brings an interesting kind of perspective. It's saying that this is so good, it should only be reserved for the 10% or less of Malaysian public that can afford a Netflix subscription. So that's kind of an odd way of, of go. Uh, it's a kind of an odd compliment. Uh, but maybe they see it as like it's a stamp of approval. If you can get into an international uh, paid OTT platform, that means it's good. Whereas we wanted to make it as basic as possible. Like here is a product that we think all Malaysians primarily, and and I know Malaysians are the primary audience. Um, anybody can have the chance to see. Uh, as long as you have internet access. Even if you don't have internet access, it's a Creative Commons um, uh, license. You can download it and show it to other people. Ken, I want to ask you this, because you, I, as I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, that you come from a kind of commercial television uh, 
background. And so the question of funding and financing is very important. I just wonder if you think that this kind of model is sustainable because, you know, uh, the, there might have been a lot of enthusiasm, maybe triggered by people who saw the, the title. Ironically, they saw the title Pandatang and they just wanted this film to be made. But can that be something that will, or will this happen for every film that project that puts itself out there? You know, is it sustainable, do you think? Um, I, I wouldn't say every single project that, that try crowdfunding would, would, would succeed. It really, really depends on the particular project, the, the kind of story. Because this particular script, when, when I read it, I immediate, uh, immediately uh, want to watch it myself. Therefore, I said yes to the, to the project. And, and I, every single person that, that, that I've that I spoken to, they, they, they felt that the same uh, enthusiasm uh, towards the kind of story. So I think it really depends on the particular project, if it resonates uh, with so many people, especially for something that they haven't seen before. Amir, I'm curious, right? Um, what do you think made Pandatang's fundraising such a success? I mean, um, I must say that at the beginning, you shared the premise on social media. I remember seeing that. Uh, do you think that it was the topic? Do you think it was the novelty of the approach? I mean, what was the USP here? I think it's because I'm very likable. <laughs> you That's are, half man. the job, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also constantly in need of uh, reassurance. <laughs> um, I, we, uh, because it's something we figured it out along the way. I mean, there was no way we had 100% uh, certainty. Certainly, we, we tried to be as prepared as possible with like, you know, marketing materials, visuals, um, videos, and things like that. But of course, that's not... Even that won't be a guarantee. So I think the key is what we found out, um, you know, along with our other producers, uh, is that never say, uh, give me money to do something I want to do. Uh, rather say, uh, wouldn't you like to see this? Uh, let us help you make something so that you can see it. You know, the, the intended, uh, the intended uh, funder has to feel it's, it's for them. And it is. Uh, rather than for us. Because I think a lot of crowdfunding uh, proposals I've seen is that, oh, I've always had a dream of making this film. And, you know, and, but, you know, jauh di sudut hati, I would think, yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> am, am, I, am I your sugar daddy? You know, uh, so, but, so it has to be about the person giving them. And then this kind of subject works. And because I had the impression, and um, uh, due to the fact that most of them don't even reply to my emails, is that, when, when I invited them for private skinnings, um, I get the impression most of them don't even watch movies or don't even watch local movies. They just cared enough about the subject uh, that they wanted to support it getting made uh, so that they will watch it and other people will watch it. So I think that's the key. So back to your early question, to have a crowdfunding model for you know many films in a row, I don't think it's sustainable. And for me personally, I think this is the only one where I will attempt a 100% crowdfunding thing because I don't want to jinx it. Because imagine you do it once and then you try to make a comeback and then you kind of fall flat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ken, we have about 30 seconds left. What are your hopes for the Malaysian film industry? How can it be improved? Uh, I hope the audience, and so, uh, especially, uh, and also the producers also would be more open to... Um, different kind of storytelling and, and stories. Because I believe Malaysia really, we have a lot of uh, very, very good stories yet to be told. 
and the talents that we have are equally uh, astounding uh, to be honest so i see a lot of uh, hope in the content creation field ken amir thanks for speaking with us today thank you that was Ng Ken Kin and, uh, and Amir Mohammed, the people behind uh, Pendatang. We've been asking you, uh, do share your thoughts. Do you feel invested in supporting local movies? How do you show your support? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. And just a quick plug, we will be reviewing Pendatang next week on Popcorn Culture on Wednesday. Uh, in fact, it's a week of local uh, reviews because on Tuesday, we're also reviewing Abang Ade. So that's next Tuesday and Wednesday, 7.30pm. In the meantime, keep your thoughts coming and keep it here. BFM 89.9. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. It's 5.38. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And we've been talking about Pandatang, Malaysia's first fully crowdfunded film, um, released on YouTube last night, um, racking up the views since. So we've been asking you, uh, well, have you watched it? What do you think? But also, do you feel invested in supporting local movies? How do you show your support? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. We do have a caller on the line. Good evening, Mari. What are your thoughts? Good evening, everyone. Uh, My thoughts. Yeah, I sat through last night watching it. Uh, understanding a little bit of the Cantonese, but uh, reading the subtitles. Mm. And uh, it, it started off because, you know, I was very curious about it. There were lots of, you know, chat messages, they say you must see, and, and so forth. So I was more curious at that point. Uh, when it started, I was a bit uh, confused. Um, but I suppose... Y'all are going to review it sometime later, right? And on uh, that on be, Wednesday, yeah. yeah, once Shamila actually uh, so watches I don't the movie. Want to- yeah, so I don't want to talk about it then. Okay, okay. Mati, I do, what, I do, let me just ask you this question. You said you were a bit confused. Was it because you came to the movie with one with some expectations of what the movie or the subject matter <clears throat> would be like, and then something else emerged? No, I had a couple of you know possibilities might happen. Pendatang, maybe you know talking about you know people coming migrating here or in the ancient time, then coming back to the present time, how they migrate, or you know all the people who have migrated here before and how they have been feeling about it and so forth. So it was actually I absolutely no real expectation how it's going to be, but the word pendatang was the one that. Uh, excited me mm. to see the movie. Yeah, I'm also curious, right? Um, about you said you heard about this on WhatsApp, and it's true. Many <clears> people <throat> have been talking about the word of mouth <clears throat> element. What <clears throat> do you think of the fact that it was available for free on YouTube? Was that <clears throat> one uh, factor for you, uh, sort of making the effort and time to watch it? Uh, not necessarily. I would have watched it any other way too. You know, in any of the media, you know, to that uh, as subscribing it. And uh, I was uh, actually quite surprised they take, took taken this route to, you know, uh, finance the whole film. Mm. Uh, what if it had failed or whether they had enough budget, uh, knowing a little bit of all productions and all that myself. So I know it costs money. And to make the decision to crowdfund, it, um, that was a big risk, uh, I would say. Yeah. 
Thank you for your thoughts, Madi. And uh, I'm sure that the, that both Amir and Ken would be very happy to know that people are watching. Um, do keep sending your thoughts through. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a number of other messages that have come in. So Roberto says it was an interesting idea, and I really liked it. I love the idea of the crowdfunding approach, uh, but it was totally new. It's proven a success. The story is also intriguing and. And the constant stress over the future of the family and the little girl kept me on the edge of my bed. Kudos to the producers and director. Yeah, Roberta. So edge of my bed uh, yeah, is only yeah. sayable when it's a movie you watch on YouTube at home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, so uh, look, I, you know, I watched it last night, and despite what Shamla has been trying to put out into the world, this for me was work. I was preparing <laughs> for this very show, so I had to watch uh, the movie. Uh, but you know, and I was intrigued, but I was intrigued in the earlier uh, part because of the crowdfunding effort. And what I believe, I, I don't think I got this wrong, is that at one point it did look like it was going to fail. Right? They weren't going to reach the targets. Because it, but some crowdfunding platforms, correct me if I'm wrong, Shamila, is that if you don't get to your target, you don't get any of that money. It doesn't get funded at all. Yes, yes right. Um, I remember Amir actually making a joke once they hit the target at the end um, on a social media post about how you know Malaysians are notoriously laughing minute and so luckily we came through in our last minuteness yeah, yeah, um, I, mean, but I yeah, was a but last minute funder as well you know because and I, I think uh, there was something of the dramatic in that campaign because it could fail and everybody panicked and said oh my goodness we must rescue this from failure but because you know with Roberta and I wonder if you consider this that when you're doing crowdfunding you never know what the product is right um, in fact we have something from Kairul Anwar it says I believe in Ameh Mohammed. that's why I support Pandatang movie Enough said. And uh, Carol, exactly with me. I mean, I know Ami's reputation, you know, and so much of my belief in 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 putting my money where my mouth was, uh, as it were, was in knowing that Ami has an eye for new stories, interesting stories, new, you know, um, a new uh, visual language, whatever it is, that he would take some risks. I, I mean, I don't know if it's really panned out that way, but. I, I certainly believed, as somebody putting my money down, that this was worth the risk. I think the crowdfunding model is actually interesting exactly for those reasons, because I feel like there are a couple of reasons why people would put their money. One, the idea is great and the idea stands on its own. You don't need to know who the people are. As long as there's some verification that they will deliver on the project, you might. So Kickstarters often work that way because the idea is just like the concept is great. So there's concept, but there's also execution. There's right? execution, but there's also personality. And I think um, in especially in a local context... Uh, I mean, one, of course, is the friends and family circle, lah, you know, uh, you want to support someone you know and care about and you want to see them succeed. But I do think that, for instance, someone like Amir Muhammad putting his backing behind this project and spearheading the crowdfunding makes a difference. Because like you said, uh, that kind of gives it that heft and the confidence that you are putting your money into a project that someone with, a, with an informed opinion sees something in. Yeah, and there's also, I mean, this fear, right, that you're just putting your money into this 
um, when you when you when you fund projects where you don't know who's involved, but maybe the concept is great, what will they do with that money, right? So you want also some um, integrity on the part. So you, who will signal that there's going to be integrity on the other side, right? They'll deliver. They'll actually make use of the money in the way that it was intended to be used, and so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah, I think in some ways the title, that title, really did. For the, that's my feeling anyway. Well, that's exactly it. So an anonymous listener said. My first time participating in crowdfunding, I supported this movie because I'm a descendant of a pandatang. I haven't seen it yet because, like Sharmila, I was busy, but we'll certainly watch it over the weekend. Were you at a party? Anon. Well, I was at a party. Sharad's very sore. Um, very curious whether I'd see things that I'd identify with, having been born into a multiracial community. I know no other type of community. Um, also, I'm quite upset that there's increasing polar- polarization the world over. And I think actually that message speaks to why that title and the premise sparked so much uh, interest in people. Um, I think it resonates with feelings and and incidences that we've become all too familiar with. So what What's fascinating about this movie, and this is not a spoiler, is that the word pandatang applies to almost all the characters in some way or other. Uh, you know, Anon, it's not just us who feel like uh, historically um, migrants to this land and therefore the um, the slur of pandatang that is used by right-wing uh, ideologues, you know, upsets us, right? But actually this movie puts so many other layers on that word that it becomes so much more interesting than kind of a knee-jerk, uh, you know, a minority, you know, a whinging type of movie. It's not, you know, it's not about sort of minorities sort of talking about how unfair life is. Keep your thoughts coming and keep it here. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.